Hi, this is Dave Olson. I'm the senior leader of Heartland Church located in Ankeny, Iowa. I hope the following message challenges, encourages, and ultimately changes you. Thanks for joining us. I'm happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning for two weeks in a row. I've been, we've been gone for uh, a, f- yeah, a couple months now, and um, I was missing uh, the beautiful faces and the, the, the atmosphere and the worship and, and just the friendships and the relationships, and I'm, bl- I'm glad to be back. My wife's not back yet. I'm still waiting for her. I, I'm missing her tremendously. Been, we've been away almost two months. Um, I mean, I've seen her, but um, it's, been, it's been a long time. <laughs> Feels like two years, but, um, but we've been gone because of, of our um, youngest daughter, um, Erica. Um, lives in uh, Waukegan, Illinois. Um, her and her husband just had a, a baby, a baby boy. And um, we have been traveling back and forth, seeing this uh, beautiful gift of God, this grandchild, and um, just my wife can't, she, she can't get away from him, and <laughs> I was, Steve Miller was telling me, hey, is her favorite shoes in the, in the, in, in the closet still? She might have left you, she just hasn't told you yet. <laughs> I was like, no, Steve, they're still there. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's just been such a good time, um, you know, just having this new grandchild and um, just the gift that he is um, to, to our lives. And um, we were there, um, uh, I was there when the baby was born, um, he, he was born August 22nd, and I was there for about a week, uh, just spending time with him, you know, was there in the hospital, and um, uh, it, was, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was supernatural, it was a blessing. And um, a, couple, a week later, we, 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 you know, she had the baby, and we came home, and then we all got together at her house with our other daughters, and our son flew in from California, and we're all just, just um, spending time with them and the baby, and um, I remember this one evening, we're, we're sitting on the couch, and um, our two, two other grandchildren were, were there, Elijah, that's 14, and Michael, that'll be 11 this coming month in, in November, and we were, we, were, we were sitting there, and Elijah, the oldest one, he says, I want to hold the baby. I want to hold the baby. And then we're like, okay, so go ahead and have a seat at, on the couch. And he sits on the couch, and my daughter gives, gives him the baby. And so he's sitting there holding. And I was kind of standing away from them, kind of looking at. So it was Elijah holding the baby, and it was Michael right next to him. They were just sit, just, it was just them three there on the couch. And I was kind of standing behind, and I, took, I was taking a picture of, of them three, you know, just... And in that moment, the Lord showed me something, and he showed me them three standing in my shoes as grandfathers to their ch- grandchildren. And the Lord told me, I felt from the Lord say this, that the decisions that you do today will impact a generation you will never see. And so, 
I drove back home six hours, and the Lord just began to speak to me about this topic, about living for a generation we will never see. And really, what he, this is the phrase that I heard, and this is what I want to speak about today, is legacy is only obtained through lordship. Legacy is only obtained through lordship. The book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 36. Scripture says, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you've crucified. He has made him Lord and Christ. Another version could say Lord and Messiah, but it is Lord in Christ or Messiah. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you for this, this hour that you have allowed for us to be in this place. Lord, with open hearts and open minds to receive the word that you have for us this morning. As the word that you have placed in my heart, God, I feel that it is a word that I will be destined for for the rest of my life. God, and in this moment, Lord, we, we ask that Every heart, we bring it to attention, every ear, every wandering mind, we call it to attention right now, and that we would be open to receive all that you have for us. Lord, we pray for Pastor Dave, Christopher, Madeline, and Andrew that are in Panama ministering. God, we just release blessing from here over to them and just ask that you would guide them, protect them and all that they're doing, and that they would be just outpouring all that they carry, and that you would bring them back with safety, Lord. But right now, we ask that your glory fill this place in our hearts, and we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. All right. So, legacy is only obtained through lordship. This morning, I want to answer three questions. The first question is, what is lordship? The second is, how do I establish it in my life? And third, what does it look like? Chuck Colson, um, a, a name that might be well known to some, Chuck Colson was special counsel to uh, President Nixon in the uh, Nixon administration. He was also known as the hatchet man. He was, he was a man that, he was a no-nonsense kind of guy, that when he came, he came to uh, release, uh, usually, judgment from the president. And uh, he, was, he was known by, 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 that, by that, that, uh, that phrase or that, that nickname, that hatchet man, that, that, that's who he was. And my, a lot of you might know him because he was the fall guy for the Watergate scandal, went to prison. Um, but he says something very interesting. He says, and this is what he bases his life, his ministry, when, went on and had, you know, the, one of the, or, or the biggest 
prison ministry in the history of this nation. And he said that that societies and the church's biggest challenge is to reaffirm the lordship of Christ. A man that sat in the highest echelons of society ended up in the lowest echelons in society or, or places in society. And he realized one thing, and he says, even in, when you're at the top or where you're at the bottom, the problem is the lordship of Christ is not being affirmed in people's lives. And if we can affirm the lordship of Christ, things will begin to change. And he set out his ministry to accomplish this. As we look at scripture, and as I, as, as I was driving back from my journey from Illinois back here, the Lord just began to download and just started showing me pieces of the Bible and just bringing them together like a puzzle to make a big piece and just showing me how important the Lordship of Christ is in our lives. When we look at the book of Acts and the, 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 the passage that we read right now, it says, therefore, let all the house of Israel know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ. This Jesus, whom you've crucified, has made him Lord and Christ. I'm concerned that sometimes we want the blessings of the Lord and we want a breakthrough from God. That we want somebody to lay hands on, on our lives to answer something that's happening in our life right there in the moment. And, and please hear me. I'm not against, if you spend any time in, the, in this house, that's what we're all about. Seeing God move in powerfully and having breakthroughs and just seeing the, the mighty hand of God on people's lives. But the concern is that we want those things, but our life has to be destined into a lordship of him. Giving our lives, surrendering our lives completely for him to rule and reign upon our lives. And so this morning, I just want to bring this to everybody's attention and say, hey, he is the Lord. He rules and reigns in eternity, but he wants to rule and reign in our lives. And so this morning, this is what we're set out to do, to understand what is the Lordship of Christ, how do I establish it in my life, and what it looks like on a, on a daily basis, on, on my everyday life. When we talk about the lordship, we're talking about his ruleship. That he is the God that rules over our lives. We're talking about that he is the boss, the head honcho, the jefe, the one. That he's got that right to rule and reign. And we agree with it or not, but I'm here to say this morning as well that one day... Every tongue will confess. Every knee will bow down and declare that he is Lord. We just choose to do it right now. So this morning, why don't we just say together, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Yes. So what is lordship? 
Lordship, what I understand of Lordship and what I see in Scripture, Lordship really is to relinquish my authority so I can live through His. To relinquish my authority so I can live through His. Because if I don't, I'm only living through my authority, and we know how much authority we have. Right? I don't, I don't know about you, but I, when I just live in my authority, I, I can't get, even get rid of a headache. Man, but when we start moving under the authority of God, man, we start calling nations into alignment. We start moving the kingdom of darkness out of its place and establishing the kingdom of God in its place. That's what we've been called to establish, but it will never be under our own authority. It will always be under his authority. And you're here today because I believe that you want more of God. And God wants to release that upon our lives, that we can move under the authority that he's given us. But he needs to rule and reign in your life. When we look at the passage that we just read, you know, sometimes we just put other things to rule and reign in our lives instead of God. You know, Israel... God's intention for Israel was never for them to have a king. It, was, it never was. He wanted to be their king. He wanted to rule over that nation. He wanted to be their, their king, that he would do everything that, that a rightful king needs to do. When we look at 1 Samuel uh, chapter 8, we see that Israel starts telling uh, uh, Samuel, the prophet, we want a king to rule over us like all the other nations have a king. They want to see somebody physical. They want to see something to reign over them. And this, the scripture says that Samuel was so distraught about the whole thing that he goes before the Lord and starts saying, God, this is wrong. This is not what you intended to be. And God tells Samuel, go do as they say, because they haven't rejected you. They've rejected me. And we know the outcome of that. Saul gets in, in, in place. But even in, in all of that, he never gives up. God never gives up on us. And he brings David into the picture, a man after God's own heart. And to rule over his nation. They want a king. I'm going to give you a right king with right motives. And he establishes it. And when we're talking about the rulership or the lordship of Christ, when we get into the life of Christ, into the New Testament, we're, we, we got to understand that he is wanting to reestablish that he is our king forever. He's given us that opportunity once again to rule over our lives. When we look at Acts chapter 2, this is what's happening right here. Jesus has lived on the, on, on the, in the world, had died, buried, resurrected on the third day, and then spends 40 days appearing and disappearing to his disciples. 
And he's really telling them in that moment, those 40 days, telling them, hey, I'm as much present with, with you when you see me as when you don't. And then he tells, he, he, we, we see that, that this comes to flourishing when the church is born. When the day of Pentecost, 10 days later, the Holy Spirit falls on the 120. And the, the, the people there, that, you know, they start speaking in tongues and all of this. And, and, and as they're speaking in tongues, this multitude of people hear the tongues that are being spoken. And they say, these, these, these men are, are prophesying in our language, foreign languages. And some people get up and say, these guys are drunk. They're just, you know, blabbering, just saying all kinds of stuff. You know, they're just out there. And Peter, with his boldness, stands up and he says, these men are not drunk. It's 9 o'clock in the morning. And he begins to tell them, let me tell you what's really going on here. That's my my story. And he begins to narrate the story of God from the Old Testament until the New. And he begins to tell them this is what was promised about. This is what was prophesied from the prophets of old. This is this was happening. This, all this that you're seeing is a fulfillment of the promises of God. And these, the, the life of Christ, what you're seeing, the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, this is the promises. And he begins to narrate all this story. And then he gets to, to verse 30, 36. After he says everything that's going on, he gets to this place. And, 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 and can, begins to conclude his message. By saying, therefore, let all of Israel be assured of this. God has made Jesus, whom you've crucified, both Lord and Christ. The God that you rejected, just as he was rejected in the Old Testament. Now he brings them in the present. And he tells them, this God that you rejected, this Christ that you rejected, God has made him Lord and Christ. What are you going to do with that? Can't just be Christ, the Savior, the one that, that died and, and, and forgave our sins, and, and he does, that's, that's part of it. But we can't just accept the Christ portion and not the Lord portion. We could just accept the Christ portion of it, but then we'd be like half-baked. No, there, there's a fulfillment here. He wants you to know him as Christ and Lord. So the Lordship of Christ is accepting what he's done for you, but it's your obligation to accept it. And what that looks like in my life. And, and how do I live that out? Him as Lord in my life. Well, he goes on to says, verse 37, when the people heard this, they were cut to their heart and said to Peter and to the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? 
They understood the rejection that they have placed on this Christ, that they had actually the thing that God wanted to give them, they rejected it. And now what, what are you going to do with it? And as, as I was thinking about this, I was like, man, God, how many times have we rejected the very thing that you're trying to, to give us? And the thing that we reject about God, that's the, the thing that he wants to bring us under. And that's the lordship of Christ. And he says, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus. Really what he's saying is come under the lordship of Christ. Him who you reject, and now you have to come under him. Because the word baptism, bapto in Greek, which means submerge, come under, come completely under it. That's what he said, come unto the lordship. Not so much, you know, just, you know, uh, uh, something for baptism, something that we do. No, no, no. It's, it's a lifestyle. This is what you, you need to live under this, the lordship of Christ. And then he goes on to say in, in verse 39, the promises is for you, your children, and all who are far off, for all whom the Lord your God will call. This is talking about generationals. Your lordship, your coming under is for generations to come. It's not only just for you. You're establishing something for your future generations, a generation that you will never see. But we have to be a standard. And as God began to tell me about this, man, I felt this sense of responsibility upon my life. Saying, this is what I have to set out to live for, to be under the lordship of Christ. And as men, we have a great responsibility to be in this place of just saying, Lord, I surrender my life to you. You are, you are my king. You are my Lord. I give you every access point in my life. You can rule and reign, whatever. I just open myself completely to you. I was reminded about, you know, the kings in the Old Testament, how... If, if you look at the, the, the Old Testament and Chronicles and uh, uh, kings, how there was like bad kings and then there was like good kings that, you know, that a lot of, uh, a lot of there was a lot of bad ones. There was a few good ones. And, and it says that, you know, that some, some of those good kings, they lived in, in uh, uh, pleasing in the sight of the Lord. But it's interesting to me always to see a lot of those times of those good kings that says, but they never tore down the high places. And God began to say, hey, you could be living good, pleasing to me, but there's areas in your life that are still high. And when you make me Lord, all those places have to come down. The, 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 the success of David is that he tore down all the high places. Yes. That he tore, tore them all down. That God was going to be God of Israel, of his life, no matter what it costs. And he would bring the ark at no matter when people died, you know, things happened. But his main goal was to bring the presence of God to his life, to his home, to his nation. And before this becomes the house of God, or your house becomes the house of God, this has to become the house of God first. 
And that's what lordship is all about, is that my life would be a, a place, a resting place for God, where he has free access to whatever he wants. When you go to your house, do you have free access to whatever you want? How about when you're a guest at somebody's house? You can't even go in the door. Well, it depends. Usually we knock at people's doors before we go into as a guest, right? But in your house, do you knock to get in your house? I got the key. I got free access to my house, right? I go in. I'll, I'll move furniture. I'll open refrigerator. I'll cook. I'll, I'll do whatever because that's my house. Man, that's how God needs to feel in, in, when he comes and rests upon us. That's what lordship is all about is relinquishing your authority so you can begin to live out his. How did he, how did he become Lord? What was it about? You know, how is this thing? Because lordship has to do about authority. Jesus' life at the end of, as he, as he is about to ascend to heaven, he gathers his, his disciples and he tells them this. He said, hey guys, come here. I'm getting ready to leave. And you will see me no longer, but I will send a comforter. But know this. All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples. He gained it. Now he releases it to us. Lordship is about what he's granting our lives and how we can walk this out. How we can walk this, 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 this aspect of lordship. Number two, the second question is going to be, how do I establish this lordship? Lordship is all, first and foremost, all about love. It's a relational thing. The greatest commandment. And it's interesting to me when he mentions, the both times he mentions this passage, it's always at the end of the gospel. In Matthew, we find it in 22. In Mark, we find it, I believe, in 12 or 13. Mark only has 16 chapters. It's, all, it's almost towards the end of the gospel. Right before, the only thing left to do is for him to die. To show the ultimate sacrifice of love. The, the ultimate uh, 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 demonstration of love. But he says, the greatest commandment, love the Lord your God. Love the Lord your God. And the only way that we can love him is because he first loved us. Right where we find ourselves, no matter where we've been in life, he has shown his love for us. And because he's shown his love, he reveals himself, and now we can love him in return. You know, love is only obtained through spending time. You know, how, how, how do we get into this thing about loving the Lord, our God, is spending time with him. You know, I've been married 24 years. <laughs> I was born and I was born... <laughs> I was married in 95, 20, 20, 24, yeah, thank you, 24 years, 
And it seems like the more time I spend with my wife, the more I fall in love. The more I've learned of her, I study her. And I'm just falling deeper, deeper in love with her. Just, just knowing her and just spending time with her. I would never be able to love her if I, didn't, if I don't spend time with her. It's the time that I spend with her that really uh, expands my love for her. And I think it's something that never stops. It will always continue to happen. If that is applicable towards my wife, how much more it is to God. Man, we were called to be intimate with him, to be one with him, to spend time with him. Whatever that looks like, we were called for that. We were called to spend time in his word, in prayer, in worship services, in in atmosphere where he is honored and glorified. But at times, just to be alone with him. Those moments of time, how do we get to a point where we love the Lord our God? Spending time with him. I mean, just, just, just basic. And just set, a, set, a, set, set aside some time. Time is the most valuable thing in the history. It's the thing that you can never recoup. No matter how much money we have, how much, you know, success we have. It doesn't matter. Time, when it's gone, it's gone. Let's put the most valuable things in perspective. And say, man, the most valuable thing in my life is his presence. And from there, everything else flows. I obtain the lordship of Christ, his authority, so I can live throughout that. He shows me. He's the lover of my soul. And from there, I can love people. And I can be a a lover of, of my wife, my family, my children. Make a standard for my generations to come. And say, hey, this is what we live for, to love the Lord. Man, for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. We, we need to be declaring that upon our families to say, for as me and my house, we will serve the Lord. doesn't matter where we find ourselves, what's going on in our families. Hey, but that declaration, say, this is what I'm setting myself out for, to live for God. My family, my home, we are going to serve the Lord. He paid a high price for him to be the king of your life. He gave it all, and he withheld nothing, and he hasn't stopped. He's still pursuing us. He's still coming after us. He's still showing us. His goodness is being manifested on the face of the earth and in your life. And we're calling the lordship of God into our lives this morning. Second, it's never about what I say. It's always about what I do. You know, because we can confess that he's Lord. But your life can be saying something different. The first time Jesus talks about the Lordship is in in Matthew chapter 7 where he says, Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father. It's never about what I say. It could include that. But it's always about what, how you live. See, what qualified Jesus as Lord is that he was obedient until death. His obedience qualified him as Lord. 
And that's why Peter tells Israel and says, hey, him who you rejected, he's really the Lord. Everything that, was, that you read about it in the Old Testament, it comes to this point. And what are you doing with it? They rejected him. They crucified him. That's really what he's telling them. But then, you know, he gives another opportunity. What shall we do? Repent. And, and I'm talking right now. I just, feel, I just feel that the Lord is highlighting some areas of your life right now. Just coming up, just say, this right here, I have to deal with this. God has been dealing with it for some time. And right now, he, he wants you to know that he's on it. And he won't let go until, until he's dealt. He wants to be Lord of that life. Sometimes it's things that we have to stop doing. Sometimes it's things that we have to start doing. Sometimes it's a change of attitude, of behavior, of thought processes. There's, right now, I just feel that from the Lord. Right now, there's things that are, that are popping up to your head right now that God is bringing them up to the surface. We need to deal with this. And he wants to be the Lord of, of, of your life. And he doesn't, he doesn't want for you to continue to reject him. He wants you to embrace him and his goodness. It's his goodness that leads, you, leads us to repentance. It's his goodness. It's because he loves you. That those things aren't beneficial to you. He's called you to, to higher purposes. To walk on the fullness of his authority. So right now, just, let's just take a moment right now. Whatever that is, right now. It could be a weakness. But right now, just say, God, we need to, I, I accept you as the Lord of, of my life. And I, I just say yes to what you want to do in my life. Yes, Father, move in this place. It's never about what you say. It's always about how you, what you do. And it's, a simple, it's just a simple act to say, God, I, I want you as Lord. The third thing about this is that how do we establish this in, in, in our lives? Is we acknowledge him. We acknowledge him. Proverbs 3 says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In all of your, not some ways, not a few ways, not most ways. It says, in all of your ways. What does that look like? I was talking to my oldest daughter, Elizabeth, and we we're talking about making decisions. I don't know. And I was telling, we were talking about this topic, and I was telling her, Miha, you know, sometimes I don't know what to do. We don't know what to do. We find ourselves in situations that we don't know what to do. But if we just acknowledge him, he will bless whatever decision we make. Sometimes it's just like, it's just saying, God, I don't know if this is what you want me to do. You ever been in those situations where you're asking God, God, I need a direction. I need an answer. Show me what to do. What should I do? Should I go right, left, straight, what? Backwards? No, never backwards. Just. <laughs> no, what, what should I do? Where should I go? What, 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 you know, red shirt, yellow shirt, green shirt, you know. And we don't hear nothing from the Lord. 
and you know, I'm just being funny, but I'm talking about serious decisions in life. You know, sometimes we're just, and, and we don't hear nothing from God. And I was telling my daughter, sometimes we just, we just have to know and have a trust, not in us, in him. And you say, God, where I find myself in my walk with you and what I know of you and the wisdom and the, the presence of the Holy Spirit in me is guiding me into this decision. I'm not hearing nothing from you, but I just want to acknowledge you that this is, I feel that this is the direction I need to go. And I'm asking you just to come with me. And you make the decision. And what I've learned is that God, he is so good that sometimes it could be the wrong decision, but he'll bless your decision just because you acknowledged him. See, lordship is about just, one of the aspects is just acknowledging him. I lived a lot, a lot of years without acknowledging. I just said, this is what I'm doing. And boom. A lot of times, it just didn't work out. I was still, you know, governing, living in my own authority. I'm the, I'm, I'm, I'm the head of the household. I'm the husband. This is what we're doing. Oh, okay. Sometimes we just got to stop and say, God... Just the spirit of humility and just saying, God, you're Lord. And I, I, I'm here just, just to, to walk with you. And if you're not in it, I don't want to be in it either. If you're not in it, I don't want to be, be in it either. And it could be a right thing to do. But if you're not there, I don't want to be there either. We come to this place because we know his presence is here. We want to be where God is at. And we're declaring that what happens here can be manifest wherever we go. Because we're living out in the lordship of Christ. We receive it. We live it. And what does it look like? What does lordship look like? What does it look like? Noah, build me an ark. All right, Lord. What does it look like? Abraham, leave your father's house. What does it look like? Moses, go to Pharaoh and tell him, let my people go. What does it look like? David, kill that giant. I feel that there's giants that we need to slay. That are stopping us from what God has been in our lives. What if David never would have stepped up to what he knew he had to do to that giant? What does it look like? Matthew. Leave everything you're doing. Follow me. What does it look like to live or to establish the lordship of God? Peter, let down your nets for another catch. Lord, we've been fishing all night. You're a carpenter. I'm a fisherman. 
But at your word, Lord. But at your word, Lord. Man, lordship is just at his word. At his word. Lordship is about just hearing what he's telling. Sometimes it's just knowing from spending time with him, from loving him, and from living from a place of love, lordship begins to establish. And we are called to live under the lordship of Christ. And to finish, you know, the life of Paul. Maybe you've heard of him. We talk about him here, here and there. You know, every once in a while we talk about a man named Paul. Wrote a little bit of the Bible. He had an encounter with God that changed his life. He was out persecuting what, under his authority, obtaining authority and working out of his own authority, killing, persecuting the church. So he has an encounter with this Christ. He's coming along, going to Damascus. Bright light shows up, throws him to the floor. First words out of his mouth, Lord, who are thee? In that moment, something happened in Paul's life that he knew my lordship has changed. I was going this way. I encountered him, and now I'm going this way. He says, Lord, who are thee? He says, I'm Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Get up. Now he becomes into this aspect of obedience just because lordship shifted. And he tells him, get up and go to the city, to the street called Straight. Now he's walking straight. And he says, wait there. And that establishes his life. From that moment forward, Paul was a different man. Now he is ruled under the lordship of Christ. And when we read this, the writings of Paul, his basis, what is, it is now I who live but Christ who lives through me. That's what he lives by, that the lordship of Christ has been established in his life, and now it's moving forward. And that's what he's calling all of us to live under the Lordship of Christ. Why don't we stand? We got a few few moment few minutes here, but I. I I feel that as fathers in the house, as husbands in the house, we just need to grab our family right now and you begin to declare some declarations upon your life. Start making some affirmations 
just saying, man, I, God, I, you are going to be the Lord of my life. Wherever we find ourselves, what I've understood is that lordship is nothing, something that you never stop obtaining. You always grow into it. And God is wanting to release that into our lives. So, Father, just grab your wife, children, if there are well, children aren't here, but, and just stand for your house. Stand for that generation that you will never see. And what you do today will impact that generation, those generations that you'll never see. What is that life? What do you want it to look like? What is it that you have right now that you can establish and say, man, this thing right here, we're going to demolish it under the authority and the lordship of Christ, under the power of the Holy Spirit right now. It's where we are weak, he is strong. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is, is in us. Man, we just, sometimes we just have to break generational curses, patterns of thinking, ways that have been lived out for so many years that God is wanting to intervene and come in and say, I want to be the Lord of your life. And maybe we don't have children. Maybe you're not married. But I'm here to tell you that you're establishing something for the future. Amen. And God is awaiting on each and every one of us for him to release the authority that he obtained through his obedience, obedience to death, for us to be able to walk in it. But it does require of us the lordship of, of Christ. It's free, but it's not cheap. To live, you must die. So right now, husbands, Men, we're calling you to attention for a moment such as this. You're the head of the house. And daughters, you're right there with them. So we just release that right now in the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to help more people hear this message, you can get the word out by subscribing and sharing it on social media. If you'd like to support the ministries of Heartland Church, you can do so at heartlandchurchonline.com give.